This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD. With J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Weehawkee, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. Hour number two of the Labor Show as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're live as we come to you on this holiday weekend along with J-Doc. I'm Joe Krause. Great show lined up, J-Doc, as we roll in to hour number two. I do want to transition or come right to you, uh, J-Doc, before we bring John into the conversation. Um, our first hour... Uh, was the broadcast of the show we did on Monday night down at the Leah Chorus Center uh, with DC33. Anything to update the listening audience on following uh, the opening hour of our broadcast tonight? Well, uh, having said that, of course it was a, a very electric atmosphere down there at the rally down at the Leah Chorus Center. Right now, and this is, uh, you know, right from the top, uh, they're cautiously optimistic. Uh, The contract ran out on the 30th, uh, but at this point right now, they're cautiously optimistic at a deal, but they want to make it clear that that they're willing to do what's necessary to get a fair deal. Uh, So um, you can read into that any way you want, um, but they're cautiously optimistic, and uh, at the same time, um, they're willing to do what it takes to get a fair deal. So there you go. All right, good stuff. Great update. Great to be there uh, on Monday at the Leah Chorus Center. Time now for the John Doherty Hour uh, as we bring you um, that hour live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Of course, tomorrow uh, down at Citizens Bank Park, local 98 day uh, tomorrow. We'll talk about that in the show. But before we get into that, we welcome John into the holiday live broadcast. My good friend, how are you, sir? Happy Fourth of July, guys. I'll tell you what, it's a good day the labor movement in Philadelphia. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, doubt, no doubt about no doubt about that. John got a great uh, and, and a great lineup uh, planned for uh, the listening audience. Jay, duck ahead, man. I didn't mean to step on you there. Go ahead. No, that's okay. No, I mean uh, it, tomorrow is the Fourth of July. It's a great weekend. We're all excited. Uh, certainly, it is a great day uh, for the labor movement in in, in Philadelphia. Um, Certainly, when we posted the show tonight, the picture of John with the American flag in back of him says says all you really need to know about John Doherty. Um, but, John, today was an amazing day for the labor movement. Um, we had U.S. Secretary of Labor Marty Walsh in town. Um, talk about that, if you will. Well, it was kind of special for a lot of reasons. You know, everybody's proud of who they are and where they come from. But when you listen... You know, in my specific case, you listen to you know, Secretary Walsh, Marty Walsh, 
former state rep of Boston, Massachusetts, former mayor of Boston, Massachusetts, former head of the building trades in, in Boston, Massachusetts, former business manager of a labor's union, okay, family off of both from Ireland, okay, ethnic neighborhood, you know, uh, family-oriented background, you know, based on faith and work. Man, it's, you know, kind of parallels not only mine, but yours, Joe. And uh, so when you when you hear him speak, and we had a lot of labor leaders, you know, spend their Fourth of July Saturday with the secretary up at the labor, labor's Sam Staten Jr., you know, apprentice training facility on North Fourth Street, which, you know, we've talked about for a few weeks now. It's a beautiful location, a beautiful establishment, and a beautiful vision. That's actually, I like to say, there's things that are shovel-ready to be built. And then there are things that shovel-ready to be used once they are built. That facility is shovel-ready to create an education for young kids, either, you know, on uh, at a high school uh, or coming off of some sort of issue. It could be anything from, you know, uh, from coming out of uh, jail to, you know, just coming out of a college or coming out of a high school. It's just a, a place that will take kids, okay, and put them in the, the industry without a tremendous amount of college debt or a tremendous amount of uh, prepping, you know, once they get there. It's just a, it's a great facility. It's shovel-ready. It was a great day. And the secretary, he spoke to a lot of people. He was in the region all day. He was visiting unions across the area. We actually started yesterday. But he said one thing that stuck out. And when I got a chance to speak, I spoke a couple times, say once to the crowd and a couple times to himself individually. But he said one thing that really stuck out. He talked about his dad and his uncle, and his uncle being the business manager of the labor's local in which they all worked out of, up in Dorchester. Uh, what he said was that, they used to spend Sunday afternoons in his house with his uncle, his dad, and a few people talking about people, laborers that needed a few hours to get their health and welfare for the next quarter. Now, I don't think that that resonates with a ton of people, but it did in that room today and it did with myself. I can't tell you how many Sundays, okay, I've spent... You know, I remember there's a couple guys named Jimmy Mink. Of course, Teddy Brown still works with myself. And Harry Foy, who's Jimmy Foy's dad. And Jim Farrell, who just lost the son, who's a, you know, that was my early team when uh, uh, when I started out local. My, there were so many weekends. We sat there just going through the lists, going through the names, trying to make sure guys had enough hours for health care for the next quarter and putting highlights, you know, and put, actually putting a system in that, you know, popped up when somebody needed 50 hours to make sure that everybody and every family had health care. And you have to live our life. You have to live, you know, a, a business manager in a construction industry's life. You have to understand when somebody needs 1,200 hours to become eligible for their health care for their family or their pension. And to have somebody who not only understood that but still talks about it, in a position, we have a lot of friends in labor. We don't have anybody other than him at that level who understands what I just said. And I'll tell you, he was really good. 
he was, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, it's way too early, but I, I'm not sure this is his last stop politically. I mean, he is that talented. He was talking about, you know, his calls in the Speaker Pelosi, you know, so that all these new programs, all the infrastructure initiatives, all the all the um, uh, addendums and uh, things that are running and, and uh, politics that are running parallel to all the president's programs, you know, how he's helping get them through and he, how he's, I mean, he's just a complete guy. And, and it seems like he has a really good knowledge. And he, look, yeah, you can't be a big city mayor, okay, like, you know, representing Boston and not be able to, you know, be part and do the job that he's has to do. But people will underestimate him for the rest of his life because he is a labor guy. He said that when he decided to run for mayor, all the unions from everywhere came around. And as you would imagine, you know, in town, the, the, you know, the inquire, okay, would never tolerate a labor guy. I haven't. Any, any one of us. But, you know, we get treated differently. There's a set of standards that the inquire applies. You know, I, I, I can't tell you the last time they endorsed anybody with a, a working background. You know, have any competition. You know, you have to be so far to the left for them to, you know, you have to apologize for everything that's broken in the world for them to endorse you. So I get it. I understand. He said that everybody was against him. And at the end, you know, or at the, the time when he left to go serve the country, okay, he had seven straight triple A bond ratings for the city, which is, means that his finances were as good as anywhere around. Okay, talk about all the jobs he created. He had community college for all. He had pre-K for all. He did things and set the tone for this big inner city movement, you know, that we see today. Okay, so, you know, I, I, you just can't say enough about him. He was as impressive in person. You know, I've had the opportunity to see him over the years, you know, and I know he's pretty good friends with our mayor. And I know he got to spend some time with our mayor and a group of union workers, you know, later down the city hall. But it was just a really good day, and it's good to know that somebody's there like that. You know, we talk about the underground economy. You know, and he said, hey, look, he, he had a quick answer. And there, there's a guy, Jordan Marks, who you know, works at Local 98, and I, I bring Jordan up all the time. You know, Jordan comes across as a policy wonk, but he's a really, really, really sharp guy. And, and what happens is Jordan and myself were discussing some of the comments after today's session. And we were also discussing it, you know, as we, as we, just, we talked about the show tonight. And, you know, Councilman Heenan was there. And Councilman Heenan got up and talked about, the money that could be put back in the tax base could be as high as, you know, 25% of any given budget in the underground economy that's not captured. So Bobby was talking basically about, Bobby was talking about the need for enforcement to put the money back in. And, and the secretary said that you need to open our holes up more. And it was just why, he, he's just very good at, at making sure that he drilled not only his history, but the administration's approach to how they want to include people. So it was just a really good day.
the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll continue with that conversation on the underground economy. Wayne Miller will join us on the other side back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. I'm back here live on a Saturday night on the John Doherty Hour as we broadcast to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Wayne Miller is going to uh, join us for uh, this next segment. Uh, Doc, before we bring uh, Wayne into the conversation, I just want to, um, if you can restate for me, because during the break I'm trying to calculate um, or process that percentage that was referenced uh, in terms of uh, dollars that could go into the budget uh, that are lost, missed, and not available because of this underground economy? Well, there's there's all type of studies out there, Joe, and the one thing I always tried to avoid on this show is become a, uh, become a statistic machine, but they have, you know, I mean, it's, it, there's the budget out there. There's hundreds of millions of dollars of the underground economy that we've allocated, we've pointed to. We, we've, we've said to people, hey, it's there to be had. And Bobby Heenan had some studies, and he was talking about the issues today. And he said it was like, out of there, there was like 25%, okay, of some specific increases and in taxations and things like that, okay, out there that could go into the budget if it was collected properly. So, you know, you always... You, he was talking about, you know, what would it cost? He actually asked the secretary in, you know, in some of the initiatives that President Biden has moved forward, okay, was there money for enforcement, you know, of the rules and the regs so that you could collect all this money and put it back in play? And uh, it, it's funny, the secretary just made a quick reference. He said he knows in Boston, everybody knows in Boston, that there's parking lots where people just show up and go to work that are known as day laborers. And, I mean, everybody understands that they get paid about $12 an hour under the table. They put the work, they work 12 hours a day, and then they go back, you know, back home. There's no health care if you get hurt. There's no benefits for later in life. There's nothing. It's just a way of life. And he said, look, it happens all over America. And, you know, his, his initial, you know, and again, remember, he's in a room, you know, with uh, 100 labor leaders, building trades, crafts people, and, and he's in the middle of a 48-hour whirlwind tour around the region where he's meeting with everybody. And by the way, very comfortable with everybody. I not only looked at the visuals, but I also talked to him a little bit about you know, who he had been meeting with. He's very comfortable with all the crowds, all the labor people, as you would imagine, being a big city mayor. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of money, and I guarantee that, you know, if they collected all the underground economy, uh, what should be taxations, uh, they wouldn't have to raise taxes on anybody for multiple years. Let's bring Wayne Miller into the conversation, business manager, Splinker Fitters Local 692, uh, joining us. Wayne, welcome into the John Doherty Hour. Appreciate you taking a couple of minutes here uh, on a, a holiday weekend. We're live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Wayne, my friend, how are you, sir? Good, Joe. How are you doing? 
Good, brother. Thanks for uh, jumping in. Jump in. Follow up on uh, John Doc's reference there. Um, the, the topic is, you know, maybe for the general public, hard to actually visualize. But when you when you think about the when you think about the magnitude of the money, um, pretty uh, it, it, it's it's a topic that needs to be talked about. Certainly, more more than just talked about, um, but needs to be on the surface. You, you well, that's the truth because uh, you know going back to the underground economy, as, as Doc was saying, is this ain't anything new that the building trade's been fighting for for years. Uh, myself and Doc and, and other labor leaders, for the last fifteen or twenty years, we 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 recognize that this was an issue, and uh, I know fifteen or twenty years ago there was a, a L and I. I was dealing with L&I over people not paying taxes. And uh, then, that was 20 years ago, that uh, they estimated that $20 million a year was being lost in the construction industry from people not paying taxes. That was 20 years ago, Joe. So you can imagine what Doc said, 25% uh, of, you know, of the budget or whatever in the, in the city is, is lost to that. And it's, it's a crime. And don't, don't I don't want people to think that the building trade are thinking that, you know, everybody that is in the other underground economy is, uh, is uh, immigrants and things like that. That's not the case. We have unscrupulous contractors that have people working for them that work for the, on weekends and other, other uh, occasions for cash. Okay. And it's been going on for years. Systematically, there's a company that has 60 men. 30 plumbers, 30 sprinkler fitters, and they systematically, okay, systematically work for cash on the weekends for years and years and years. And that's just one contractor. Okay, so there is, this is a major issue, and it's been a major issue for years. It's just that, you know, when the trades, we bring it up, we're, we become the bad guy. But the thing is, is that it hurts a lot of people. It hurts good contractors, whether you're a union contractor or a non-union contractor. How do you compete with these these people in in, in this sector that that doesn't don't, don't play by the rules or pay the taxes? So that is a major problem. But one thing I want to talk about, I want to get back to uh, the secretary. Uh, myself, I was so impressed that he took the time on a holiday weekend to come into Philadelphia. He's he's a laborer. Uh, and he came to the labor's hall, which is which is really good. Uh, and the thing that Doc touched on early on was that you know one thing about business managers, and 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 Marty uh, was a business manager of the labors. The thing is, we're always worrying that 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 our guys are in benefits. That's the major thing that we worry about all the time. We worry about if they have enough uh, hours for for a, a credit for their pension. We worry about it if they have enough hours every quarter to have health care. That's something we sit up at night and worry about. Now, no, nobody knows that. Not a, not a lot of our friends that are, that are politicians, and, and they're good people, the politicians, but they don't live the life that we live. They don't worry and, 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 and up at night all the time worrying how you can get this guy to work and how you can sure, make sure he has his benefits. Or if a guy's sick and, and, and he's close to running out of benefits, what do you do? That's, that's our main, main job to take care of that. And Marty knew it. He knew it because he talked about his father and his uncle. He, he went through it. He had to do that. 
And that's something special to us. It's, it's, it's like a fraternity. And every business manager and every business agent in the trades, that's something we worry about all the time. And we're up at night worrying to make sure that we get the hours to, 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 for our members to be in the benefits. And, and that, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a credit to the secretary for bringing that up. And when, when he brought it up, Doc, Doc touched on it right away. That's what we go through. That's what we deal with day in and day out. And, 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 and it, 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 it plays on you because that you have a responsibility to keep your members in benefits and, 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 and things like that. But one other thing I wanted to say about Wayne, hold that thought yes. for just a quick second. Doc, Good. let me ask mm-hmm. you to comment on that. Let me ask you to follow up, if you will, on, on, on Wayne's thoughts. It, it really does hit home to the listener. I'm listening. I'm listening and learning well, as you speak about it. Well, listen, it sounds like when Wayne says it, and he says 15 years, okay? For 15 years, we've been, there's just been bad people out there people who, and we've proven it. For example, we did a video on, a, we compared a job which happens to be a post-brother job at 12th and Wood versus a job that has a, was union invested at 21st and Chestnut. You know, and in, the, in it we talked about how we brought a job in, you know, it started about three months later, it finished three months earlier, uh, it's completely occupied, I think it's been sold for twice the money versus a building that still has never been completely occupied to the best of my knowledge. You know, they just most recently, after about five years, you know, had some, you know, uh, had uh, put a place where you could eat in the lower floor. There was a tremendous amount of issues. But when at the end of the day, when we just matched up permits and estimated costs and things like that, just based on the things that were documented, and I know in the one building that, the union was involved with was a hundred percent document. I can't say that for that building based on some history on the site, like urinating in buckets and things like that throughout the job. We estimated alone that it could have been around just $3 million in some simple taxes that the city would have got if it was a union job. Mm-hmm. Because we know the walls would have, that's just one job. That's the type of stuff that Wayne has been talking about for years. And thank God he has. Because what happens is when you get full employment or a good economy or something like that, okay, you know, people have a tendency to just push it under the rug. And it's a sad thing, but take a look at what happened in Miami. Do you believe that somebody actually, some inspector actually said that they didn't have a problem? Think about that. That's what the documentation is now. Somebody is saying that they actually did not have a problem, that the building was okay. And then the building, then people have died. There's people that still have not been found. Okay. I mean, we, you know, you, 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 the, the closest thing that we, you know, of course, is, you know, the Salvation Army or Market Street. But mm-hmm. and if I'm that inspector, if I'm that inspector, I don't know how you live with yourself. You know what you do? You, you get in the ocean. You swim out until you bump into a couple sharks. You just, you know, I mean, you just, you just swim away. You just leave. You just, there's no way. We face that all the time. And do I, do I say that that guy is intentionally a bad person? No. The industry is not, is not protected. Wayne's been crying for enforcement with certified people, training for people who enforce it. You know, I think that the inspector said he might have, I think that the secretary said he might have like 3,600 inspectors across the country for OSHA. He said he needs like 
360,000 inspectors for OSHA yes. to do that job. Okay, so that's when you have a person there. So what happens is Wayne has a little bit of history. Wayne understands these roles, and that's why I'm glad we can get Wayne 7.30 on a Saturday night on July 3rd to come on the show and talk about it because there are people listening. You, right now, you know, I'm getting, I actually have it on TV. I just had somebody text me and said, tell the audience the Phillies are in rain delay. There's a storm just hit. People now <laughs> ask me tell me what to talk about. Okay. okay? As I'm sitting here with my iPhone, it's, it's, it's jumping off. And I guess the weather down in uh, North Wildwood must be a, a little cloudy because more people on the radio one than I thought, you know. Uh, let's do the, uh, let's do this, Wayne. Stay right there, if you will. Jim Snell's okay. going to jump sure. in on the uh, other side of the commercial break. Let's uh, we'll take a ninety second break here on the Labor Show. This is the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT, along with Jay Doc. I'm Krause, live on a Saturday night. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And halfway through the John Doherty Hour as we broadcast you live here on a Saturday night, uh, along with J. Doc M. Joe Krause. Wayne Miller is with us, J. Doc. Uh, fascinating conversation. I always find myself um, listening as a listener uh, when we get into topics, J. Doc, and we've had many conversations about this offline as well. Um, I just don't understand how it still exists, but it does. I can tell you you know, I, I think about, you know, that the blue-collar city workers, um, the District uh, Council 33, and they're negotiating with the city. I'm sure the city would appreciate having an extra $100 million in the coffer to be able to, you know, you know negotiate and, and, and give them guys a fair contract. So that's, you know, I, you know, that's the kind of, I mean, the money's unbelievable that this underground economy could be generating and god knows if it was if it was union paying under the table in cash we'd be on the you know on on the front page of yahoo so having said that i'm going to bring our friend uh, jimmy snell into the broadcast business manager steam fitter circle 420 how are you jimmy doing great mr doherty how are you how are my brothers on the phone here happy uh, fourth of july weekend well we're doing great. Uh, Mr. Doherty's on the other end of the line. Uh, he's he's uh, he's doing a, a fantastic job. And, of course, we have your friend Wayne Miller in on the broadcast. If you would, Jimmy, uh, jump in on this conversation about the underground economy. I'm, I'm just sitting here taking notes, man. It's unbelievable what's going on in the, in, you know, in, in, in the city uh, in regards to this. Talk about it. Yeah, I mean, look uh... – from based on you know uh, what what Doc just talked about and Wayne, I mean to to uh, Secretary of Labor Marty Walsh. Everybody knows what's going on, and it's not just in Philadelphia; it's everywhere. Okay, but when we're talking about the city of Philadelphia, okay, and our officials, and I'm going to be very blunt, our officials are very aware of this, and they just turn a blind eye to it. And I'm talking about many people. And to be very honest with you. One of the only people, you know, uh, you know, when it comes to a city official who, who brings it to light and is trying to get something done is Bobby Heenan. And I just wish there were more people that would 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 react to this. I mean, look what it is. It's it's 
like like John Dot talks about. It, it's not a it, it's not a union non union. It's a this is a it, this we're talking about non human. Okay, this these are not made up stories. Okay, people being you know forced to to urinate in bottles and live in box trucks. This this is all documented. Okay, and that's just a couple things I can I can talk about on the radio. All right, and our public officials are aware of this right down there in City Hall. And most of them, just about all of them, want to just turn a blind eye to it. And, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, it, it's something that uh, I'll never understand, but we got to just keep bringing it up and pounding away at it because at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're the last line of defense for these workers that are getting taken advantage of on these projects, okay? So, you know, that's, that's how I feel about it, Joe. Trust me, it's uh, something that each business manager and everyone in the labor community it, within the building trades, it, we talk about it all the time and we try and uh, bring it to light. And it, it's all about enforcement. enforcement. Absolutely. Well, our Johnny? People don't, yeah, just so you know, Jimmy Snell walks in the room and the Secretary of Labor says, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. So Marty Walsh and Jim Snell knew each other, had been in each other's company. Jimmy is the secretary treasurer for the Pike Trades of Pennsylvania, as Wayne will tell you. He, and I give Jimmy a lot of nights away from his family, but it also gives him a lot of input for the, for the UA and the, and the steamfitters, you know, statewide, but also nationally. That's where big endorsements come and money flows. And, you know, it's nice to have Jimmy there. He's also... As you guys know, he's also appointed by, you know, Mayor Kenny on the zoning board. So you know that there's somebody, when they're making decisions down there, are asking the right questions. So we don't have buildings fall down and kill people by the boatload. Okay? He's a good guy. He did a good job. He was there again today. He's highly respected. That's what you have in the Philadelphia building trades. He didn't have anybody there saying anything stupid. And we joked around about, you know, he's a, you know, this funny Secretary Walsh, you know, when asked, is he a fan? He quoted his season tickets for as long as he has had them, you know, for the Patriots and the, the rows, the seats, etc. So, you know, we, we counterpunched that. We counterpunched that with an Eagles jersey with the number one and said Walsh on the back. And he, quoted, if he, if he, if he and, and he joked. He said if he, if he I took a picture, what it could be the end of his political career, laughing. And, uh, but, uh, but that's the type of stuff. And I have to let you know the Wayne Millers and and Jimmy Snells and. Stevie Pettit and Dennis Pagliotti's and Joe Williams's and of course Sam Faden and Ryan. I talked to Ryan Boyer after the fact. I told Ryan, I said, I said, knocked out of the park, Ryan. I was joking with him. I said, Yo, your vocabulary is so quick, man. You're starting to lose us. You know, Brian, he's talking all these issues and and I mean, you were Philadelphia building trades, okay? Have their guys represent it well. And it, it's obvious that Jim Snells and Wayne Millers of the world know the issues, and their members, I don't care if it's the sprinkler fitters or the steam fitters, you know, or what part of the, you know, and again, Georgie Pegram, they're all there today. They're all there today. They all came up to be with the secretary to let them know, here's our issue. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of them. And, and you know, it's not a perfect world. And it was one of the reasons why we, we, we made reference that we were going to sue L&I. City of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and I, we're in the process of it. You know, and why? Because it's conspiracy. If it was, a, if, if we, if a labor leader did what they did, we'd be in cuffs. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we already look. I got. You know, I, you know what happened to me. You know, I was, I was home uh, less than two days with my wife from a hospital. 
okay, and got 14 people or whatever the heck it was, this would be a 5.30 in the morning, okay, to, to make a scene, you know, for, for what? Knowing that I've been represented by people for 30 years, knowing that I never had an issue up to date, we have people that are willingly signing off on buildings. And I look, I'll even step out of the box real hard. There's, there's a reason why people say there's a lot of cash spent. There's a reason why, you know, it, we have a building that we had a crane issue, okay, on one of them jobs that we talk about all the time in Philadelphia, okay? The minute the city, you know, started looking into it based on things that Wayne Miller brought the light, the inspectors on that specific job took the next few days off, didn't show up to work. Why is that? Why? They decided to take a vacation? No, they didn't want to ask questions. They were going to be asking them. And that's what happens now. And you need Snells and you need Millers and you need all them other labor leaders that were there tonight. You know, I talked to Dennis Pagliotti today. We were talking, it's a Saturday, 3rd of July. We're talking work. John Bland, you know, he's on the show all the time. John Bland does nothing but talk about his industry. Thank God he has somebody at the top that can hear it. And I'm glad he was in Philly, and I'm glad we were there. Mm-hmm. Wayne, what's your, Wayne, what's your thought on, on, on why? That's why I, I mean, that's what I'm sitting here scratching my head. I listen, I, I listen the way, uh, to the conversation. I listen how Jim Snell uh, put it out there. And I'm just sitting, mm-hmm. sitting here saying, why? Why, it, why does it still happen when it, it's, everybody knows about it, it's happening, and yet it still is? They're just Again, there's no enforcement. Let me just give you this, Joe, to even make it matters worse, Okay. When under under the law in the city of Philadelphia, you had to be a licensed suppression contractor to pull permits. You had to have license installed to install it. And under the code, it says if a licensed suppression contractor, categorically says if a licensed suppression contractor uses an unlicensed worker, he shall have his license revoked. Well, one of the guys that's doing working on Post Brothers' job at uh, at the Piazza. Uh, as there's an investigation going forward with because he doesn't pay taxes and the guys work on the weekends for cash. Now I've been down at this site down there for eight months saying the same thing I'm saying now. So if I was wrong, if I was wrong, they would sue me, but I'm right. Okay. Now his license should have been taken away two years ago, but the brazenness, the absolute brazenness of these contractors, they, in February, they were caught again using unlicensed workers, bringing in the main service feed to a sprinkler system, which is the heart of the system that brings water to the, to, to the sprinkler heads to put the fire out. Okay, he should have lost his license again. His license has never been taken away from him. He pulled 137 permits for, for in the residential area within the last month or two. Okay, and he shouldn't be working in this city. The, 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 the L&I has the power to do that. And, and, and here's the thing. They, 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 do not, they, know, they, they, they do not find them to the maximum, and they do not enforce taking their license away. So I don't know what else we can do. Okay, we well, since, it, Wayne, it, it, what's it, insulting about that is we're not talking mm-hmm. about back alley jobs in the middle of the night on the weekend. No. no. Mm-hmm. It's a disgrace. Correct. It's a disgrace, and the thing is, is also the systems that are put in aren't put in by the, by the, by the standard. It's called NFPA. That's what a contractor and that's what the sprinkler industry relies on. And if you do not install the systems according to NFPA, you're putting in an inferior system and putting people in danger. Everybody in this city has been notified and put on notice 
of all these jobs that I that I bring up to them and 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 let them know where they're at and nothing's being done. They 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 don't if 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 there's a three hundred hour day fine for every day to run a job and they're on the job for six months they catch them when they catch them they find them for one day instead of finding for six months this is money that the city's missing out on okay from from the fines that come in to the city and it hurts good contractors and 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 it's not fair and something has to be done about it and until something's done about it it's going to continue to go through it it just permeates through all of them and i I'm not saying every every guy in Illinois is a bad guy. Some guys are not even trained to know what they're supposed to do, and how can they can they can they see a violation if they don't know what they're they're even there to look for? So there needs more training, and it has to be specific training uh, in, in fire protection, in plumbing, all separate. Not they they, they teach these guys everything at once in, in every trade. They can't. They, there's no possible way they can they can they can retain all that. But they have to start doing it specifically. Fire protection, electricians, uh, plumbing, uh, HVAC, and maybe things will happen. But again, you know, they're bureaucrats. And when you get bureaucrats, bureaucrats are not going to, only going to do what they have to do. They don't take the next step. And, and, and in this city, it is absolute danger of what's going on in the sprinkler industry, okay? From and and my concern is about the industry, it, you know, that 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 it could be a fault. But the number one thing is enforcement should be done, and it's not being done. Jim Snow, well, last word. Uh, Jim Jim Snow, hey. last word, brother. We got ninety seconds. Yeah, sure. Uh, so you know, uh, like like Wayne and and John talked about, uh, you know, this afternoon down at the laborers hall. That was my first time being in that facility, and uh, wow! I mean, what a what a jewel uh, the laborers have on North Broad Street. It's uh, it's an amazing facility, and uh, you know the hospitality that Sam State and Ryan Boyer, you know, uh, gave to all of us was you know second to none. And you know, hey, look how how many Saturdays you know on a Fourth of July weekend can you get you know. The, the people that we spoke about earlier, plus the governor, plus Vince Hughes, Co- Congressman Boyle and, and, and Evans. I mean, it was just it, and it was just a really cool, cool afternoon. And uh, I was just happy to be a part of it. And hey, guys, uh, John and, and Wayne, how about uh, how about their uh, training instructor, uh, Angel? Uh, I forget his last name and I, I, his name escapes me. But how excited was he? Was he was he awesome um, today or what? It, it, it was, was impressive. impressive. It was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Listen, they were, Joe, you got, they kept going to Ryan, kept trying to uh, move it along quickly, and we were laughing, and somebody barked out. They said, by the time he was done, we'd all be certified. But it was actually fun. <laughs> hey, listen, well, I got these two guys on the phone. I want to jump, jump around real quick. The Phillies are in a rain delay, right? They put a video up about the old Negro League, okay, out in West Park yes. side, and the Philadelphia Star. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know who was at the base of that? I was the general contractor when I was the chairman of the Philadelphia Redevelopment Authority, and I leaned on people like Wayne Miller every time we needed to move material or get something for free. I just watched, you know, the rain delay. It's many years ago. It's back with John Street. Rest the soul. It's David Montgomery on TV right now. But that does not happen without the Philadelphia Building Trades. The Philadelphia Building Trades general contracted that for free, and and my role at the Redevelopment Authority, that's what you get with unions. They're showing videos of politicians cutting ribbons. None of them were around when we were moving the dirt. The John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210. 
WPHT. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause are presented by DC 33, Local 1637, News Guild 10, and IBEW Local 98. Choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor when planning your next project. And back here on the John Doherty Hour as we broadcast you live here on a Saturday night. Uh, Doc, let me come right back to you first. Special thanks to Jim Snell uh, and Wayne Miller uh, for jumping on. I want to come to you, John, to set the table. Anton Moore, uh, Philadelphia community and ward leader, uh, will bring Anton into the show um, uh, in just uh, in just a quick moment, um, but I want you to set the table. We're going to talk about Stake 48. Um, I'll give you the opportunity to set the table, take 60 seconds, and then let's bring Anton into the conversation. Yeah, I'm going to take 20 quick seconds to, one, get a, a shout-out and ask everybody to keep Frank Keel, who's always with us on the show. He's off tonight. His brother's under the weather pretty severe right now, so he could use your prayers. Frank's, you know, helping his brother move around right now. So, you know, big, you know, big shout out to Frank. Let him know that we're we're thinking about him and his family. Uh, number two, absolutely. NBC Ten, you know, had a unanimous ratification of a contract, which is our basic of our broadcast industry. We represent NBC Ten, IBW Local ninety eight. The crew there is one of the strongest union oriented crews, and the group of management. When we first when, when we first merged, that was one of the biggest anti-union arms of Comcast that they had. But here's the ironic part, and I, and I have to take a second here if you don't mind. You'll bust that laugh at this. You know, over the years, it's it's been alleged, even in some alleged to be criminally active, uh, in the sense that uh, people like Bob Heenan and myself, okay, who have spent 25 years together doing labor issues, we talk about our issues. Well, here's a funny story. Uh, I get a call from our mayor last week that in the middle of, uh, while Comcast was in town uh, talking about the university, uh, universal soccer tournament. You know, and they donate, take money, and there was all pictures of all of you see David Cohen on TV with the mayor. And uh, the mayor calls me after and says, oh, I hear you took a strike vote. And, you know, uh, with this unit, I said, yeah, they took a strike vote. It's a great group of people. Uh, they represent their people well. The people that they deal with really don't have the best interest of the city or the people there. And to, you know, the benefit of the negotiating team of Local 98 and the members of that unit, led by Kenny Agatone and a few guys, okay, they came up with a contract at the last minute and uh, to get a really good contract. But... The point I was making was that here's Comcast in the middle of donating a lot of money and being partners with the city, bringing up that we took a strike vote against them and that this could affect Welcome America. Well, it didn't affect Welcome America, but you talk about using politics and power of money. So everything I've ever done since I've been the business manager has been to give our people the same tools that the rich people have. Anton Moore is another entity in this city that gives the poor people tools. He's a really smart guy. He's not a political person. He became political because people wanted him to be political. He was so successful. He runs all type of weekly food banks. He has basically a carpentry academy. He sends more kids than me to get into the electrician union than almost all of the elected officials in that region. 
okay? He's been he's been out front, and he's not afraid, okay, to scream at something when it's wrong. So I was not surprised, had no idea that State 48 was going to be a problem for him, too, like it was for us, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, and But he did, and standing up loudly goes a mile longer than anything I can say. Anton, let's give you the microphone before we run out of time here, my friend. Welcome into the John Doherty Hour. How are you? Thank you, thank you. And first, uh, first and foremost, I want to thank Mr. John Doherty for investing in my community. You know what I mean? Always invest in my community, and we appreciate it. He's one hell of a guy, isn't he, Anton? One hell of a guy. I'll stand up for him anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Here, here, brother. I'm, I'll, I'll be right next to you in the line. Absolutely. So, Anton, talk about um, Three minutes, what's going guys. on. What, 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 what's going on at, at, at Steakhouse Forty Eight? And, oh, and yeah. how that is just a travesty. Um, it's because you know you you basically putting a price on what people have to spend. You know you you you're messing with you know predominantly African American people and minorities, telling them what they have to spend. Do you see Del Frisco's doing it? Do you see you know uh, the Palm? I mean the Palm is gone, but Ocean Prime and other restaurants they don't do it. You know what you have to spend when you go in there, but you don't have to put a sign up there and then say basically, oh, you have to spend this. To, you know, to eat here. Come on, that, that's wrong. And I told all my people in the middle of Facebook, do not eat there. And people call me and say, well, look, you said it, we're not going to do it. Because at the end of the day, we go to people who support us. They don't have our best interests at hand, and I don't want my people going in there eating there. What is the policy down there, Anton? They're talking about a dress code, a pricing policy, which I've never heard of pricing policy, <laughs> policy before. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bunch of nonsense, you know what I mean? A dress code, policy, and all that. The only place to do that, like, we're, you know, I talked to one of my friends out in Chicago, and he says the same nonsense there, you know what I mean? A young lady showed up, you know, and, and uh, record close, she just had a baby, she wanted to come and eat. And instead, they denied her and let somebody else from another color in there and let them in, you know what I mean? It's discrimination. Well, what, what Anton's talking about is the video that we had mentioned many times before. It was a situation where a, a, an African-American couple, if I'm not mistaken, coming back from a doctor's yep. where they were proud about mm-hmm. you know, celebrating the birth of a child or in the process yep. of having a child. Okay, they show yep. up, you know, dressed as if they were going to a doctor's. Okay, then, you yep. know, happens to be a chunky white guy, shows up in golf attire, and looks like he just got done playing 18 holes. Okay, the black family asked to go home and get dressed better. The white guy got you yeah. know speed, and prob- then they probably gave him an IC, complimentary IC. Yeah, and I said That's to myself, I don't just speak. I, I don't just say things. Oh, this is man. I did my homework and I did my research. I have another family who went in there and they felt discriminated against. And said, Anton, I'm glad you spoke up because we're never going back because this is what happened to me when I went there. It's like anything else. Look, when you cut corners, you cut corners on the construction of a building, okay? It's not because you're, you're cutting corners. It's a management decision, okay? No. And I'm not saying it's an owner decision because the owner owns a lot of union restaurants. But there's somebody involved in the middle that said, hey, we want to do it this way. They, they, you saw the video. They had an underage kid, probably about 12 years old, carrying play one day. Okay, yeah. if you cut corners on the construction, you'll cut corners on the food process, and you'll also start to put walls in there, okay, that you don't occupy booths with people who you don't think can spend as much money as others. So that was not only black and white, that was class discrimination, that was economic discrimination, you know, and again, there's a lot of lawyers that make a lot of money off things like that. 
okay? And in today's world, more importantly than ever, the kid that you got on the phone, Anton Moore, okay, when he comes to me with something that he says isn't right, you yep. know, and it's socially uncomfortable, let me tell you what I do. I do what he asks me because he, he's not somebody who runs around screaming fire in a theater. He's a smart guy, mm-hmm. represents his community as well as anybody in the city right now. And again, the future is bright for him. And thank God, okay, thank God that he understands what we do with the Philadelphia building trades. Yeah. Okay, because he helps us. He does a great job. He's a good guy. I, look, anything that he's involved with, I've never invested, or Local 98's never invested, or the Philadelphia building trades never invested either a dime or an hour where we didn't get more than what we expected. Anton Moore, thank you, man, for coming on the John Doherty Hour and wrapping us up here uh, on a Saturday night. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you, guys, and I appreciate you. Well done, well stated. That's going to do it for this Saturday night edition uh, of the John Doherty Hour. Doc, bring us home, brother. Doc, bring us home. you got 30 seconds. Happy Fourth of July. Go enjoy yourselves. Okay, it's been a great, quick year moving. I think we've been on close to a year together. Krause, you are special. Joe Doc, I love doing business with you. Feel good about the show. Feel good about where we're headed. After today, after looking at that training facility in North Philly and, and having the secretary, I think the labor movement, I think that the lawsuits are filing. I think that we're here to stay. You know, I think that the first hundred years won't be as good as the next hundred. That's going to do it for the John Doherty Hour on behalf of J-Doc and our gracious host, John Doherty. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communications Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.